0: Welcome to The Kaleidoscope with Allison Keyes. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week we discuss issues including hunger. It's Black History Month, though, and now we're talking theater. Veteran director Sheldon Epps, who has directed everything from TV shows including Frasier and Girlfriends to stage productions of Fences and Twelve Angry Men, is out with a book called My Own Directions, looking at his journey in American theater as a black man. Epps became the first black person to lead a major theater in Southern California in 1997. He's worked on and off Broadway and in London, and he's opening a show in Chicago. That conversation after this short break. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Coming up in the spring, a a show called Personality about Lloyd Price. Do you know who Lloyd Price is?
0: I do know who Lloyd Price is, but for our listeners that don't, why don't you tell him? And I bet you can sing well, one of his songs. <laughs>
1: every, everybody knows Lloyd Price this way. Walk personality, talk personality, smile personality. personality.
0: Walk with personality. Talk with
1: personality. Smile with personality. So the show is called Personality, and it's his life story, using his music, and uh, telling the story of a pretty significant triumph overall, a story of endurance and survival.
0: And since we are talking about personality, meaning yours and your book, talk to me <laughs> a little bit about your incredibly long career in this industry, because let's just be real, it has not always been the easiest place for Black people to be.
1: That's very true. I've been, I've been really fortunate, really blessed, have a great career in the theater and also in television. And as I say in the book, I've frequently been one of the first or one of the only uh, people of color to work in many situations that I've been involved in. And uh, that's been a great triumph, a great joy. But also there have been real obstacles and challenges to overcome and real battles to be won, unfortunately, uh, that still go on. Not not perhaps as much as when I was coming up, but uh, hopefully I've been able to open some doors for others to make it a little easier.
0: Because there is still the drama over Viola Davis and the cast of Till from the Oscars. There's still questions on what's happening on Broadway. And yes. for all of the battles you've been through, are and I suspect I know the answer to this, but are you at all surprised that racism is, is still an issue in the entertainment industry?
1: No, I'm, I'm not surprised, certainly. I would say that I'm uh, frustrated that conversations I've been having, not just for years, but for decades, are conversations that we're still having. Uh, on the other side of that, I, th- I think we have made some real advances in all areas, in the theater and film and television. And there's a lot to celebrate, but we, we still have a ways to go. As the old Negro saying goes, you know, thank, thank God, thank God, we ain't where we was, but we ain't where we want to be.
0: Right, and also we're in the middle of a nation that is all caught up in cancel culture, right? From the drama over the AP African American Studies course to just teaching basic Black history, how? does a Black man in theater address that? How does that address what you write? How does that address what you direct?
1: Well, I think re- I'm very lucky because I'm I'm in a field where I can tell stories. I can tell stories on the stage, on the screen. Uh, very often I can tell stories about unsung heroes, you know, not necessarily those we know well, although their stories deserve to be told also. But uh, the, the small people or small in terms of recognition who did great things you know who really changed the world in some ways and that's that's the great value of being in the theater or in the entertainment industry is when those books are being censored and people are saying don't read these things don't learn about these things we can t- we can still tell those stories we can still get that information out to the public in Entertaining ways, but hopefully also in enlightening ways.
0: Talk to me a bit about how difficult it was to get into a position of being in a leadership role, as you have been at so many theaters, and you're in Pasadena still, right, on a consult on a consulting basis. Yes. So how, and
1: Forge Ford's Theater in Washington D.C. also.
0: Okay. How important is it for Black people to be in leadership positions in a theater? How do How does the presence of a person of color change what direction a theater goes? What shows it's going to put on, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I I think it changes it completely. You know, every every leader of an arts organization sort of works from their own personality, their own history, their own aesthetic, uh, their own artistic desires, even. So when you have a person of color in a leadership position, uh, they are bound to tell more diverse stories. Uh, and you know paint pictures from a palette full of more colors I often say um, which is which is healthy it's it's healthy for the individual but it's also healthy for the institution and certainly I think it's healthy for the audiences. Uh, it's getting easier to be in those positions of power and certainly we're seeing many more leaders of color men and women gratefully at theaters all over the country but it's been a struggle it's taken a long time and As I said, as I write about in the book, there were times when I was the only black person who was leading a major American theater in the country. So, again, thank God that has changed, but there's still room for more growth in all areas.
0: I've got to ask you, what was that like? Because I've been the only black person in some newsrooms every now and then, so...
1: Well, you know, it's a combination of uh, triumph and reason for celebration, but also uh, additional burden because, you know, you're being watched, you're being looked at. Uh, There's suspicions about how you got the job and should you really be there? You know, did you somehow get here through some affirmative action higher? You know, are you really up to it? Um, So you, you, I often say you have to do the job and then you have to prove that you can do the job, which is two kind of different things. And also in that proving that you have to do the job, you're proving it not just for yourself, but but for others so that they won't be denied these same opportunities. You're very aware that, you know, people are watching you. And if you were to fail, if I were to fail, people would say, well, you know, look, I told you so. We tried, but they're just not up to it. So thank thank God you and I have both succeeded.
0: Exactly. You have directed, by the way, some really cool things. I mean, from Fences to 12 Angry Men, what a jump that is. Well, I guess maybe <laughs> not that much of a jump now that I think about the themes there. Actually, that's that's
1: not so big a, ju- a jump. You know, that's, that's all in the sort of vein of great American drama, you know, uh, and again, storytelling that's driven by character and, situation. But but I have, you know, also directed Noel Coward and Shakespeare and Tom Stoppard. So again, I've been blessed to cover a lot of territory in the theater and also in television.
0: Right, because you have everything from Friends to Frasier to Girlfriends. And I must say, love Frasier, although it sort of is one of the whiter, whiter shows on television. <laughs> Was it weird true. to direct that?
1: Well, the first few times it, it was very weird. I, I have to say, the first time I walked on the set of Frasier and started telling people I was there to direct the show that week, there were a lot of, you know, uh, askew glances, shall we say, you know, uh, the little side eye, like, really is, <laughs> you know, is this guy delusional or is this for real? Um, but you know, it it settles down after a while. But but initially, you 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 were certainly prone to getting. Those kind of reactions. But it was great to do a show like Girlfriends, where it was more like a family and a community,
0: you know. And you have directed some lovely musicals and you created one as well. Talk to us a little bit about that. Mama my, my done told me when I was in Peak
1: yes many many years ago i created a show called blues in the night that started at a tiny little theater in new york city off off broadway theater and was just intended to be a a late night show for seven performances um that kept growing and growing and eventually wound up on broadway and then um in london on the west end in japan and south america even in africa so uh, that that was it was sort of the little little musical that could driven by these great blues and jazz songs that uh, it's had a long history, hundreds of productions. In fact, is just about to be to open at a theater in Detroit next week.
0: I've got to ask you, whether in your book or in your career, how do you confront those that would say something to you like, Why does it matter what color the actors are? Why does it matter what color the directors are, even though we're in a world where people are complaining on Twitter that there are Black elves in Lord of the Rings?
1: (laughs) Well, I think it matters because every artist should, should bring all of themselves to whatever material they're dealing with. That doesn't necessarily mean that You know, I'm directing a play necessarily written by a a black playwright, but I'm still a a director who is black. So I'm going to bring the fullness of my experience to that material. Uh, A black actor, an Asian-American actor, a Latino actor is going to bring the fullness of their experience to the material. And it is literally going to color the material and the storytelling in a different way, which I find very interesting and often enhances the material a great deal.
0: I've got to ask you one more because you have directed such (laughs) an eclectic level of shows, right? Do you have a favorite? Is it a musical? Is it opera that we don't know about? Are you writing an opera that we don't know about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I've never done an opera. I actually almost did an opera about Martin Luther King, but this thing called COVID intervened. Um, well, Fences, that you mentioned before, were certainly a, a, a favorite experience with Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett. Um, but also I did a musical called Play On that was uh, kind of a riff on Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, which is my favorite Shakespeare play, um, but with the music of Duke Ellington. Me, hey, so that was a great sort of mash of wonderful things that I admire and certainly love Duke Ellington's great song. So that was that was a great experience.
0: For young people that are coming into this business, when they read your book, what do you want them to take away from it?
1: Well, number one, I, I hope it will make them feel less alone as they face some of the same challenges that I faced. Um, I don't want anybody to go by my directions. (laughs) My my own directions were my own directions. What I hope young people will do is be brave enough to find and follow their own directions and not be afraid to dream big, to be ambitious, to be bold, to be brave, to have a dream, as Dr. King would say, and uh, know that you can fulfill your dream and do anything and everything you want with training, tenacity, and with passion.
0: That's director Sheldon Epps discussing his book, My Own Directions. Thanks so much for joining us. Also thanks to Alan Pang for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keyes every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And thanks for leaving a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keyes, CBS News. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast.
1: This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you.